Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. The world is waiting. Waiting for new thinking. For bold ideas that embrace a globally connected community. Working together to create a better future for all. And that future, it can be found here at UC Riverside. Here, you'll join a community where diversity equals vitality, where support and empowerment lifts spirits and propels ideas forward. Fearless, innovative, connected. UC Riverside. Bold hearts, brilliant minds. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm Alex Kalanorkas and this is the Autosport Podcast. The 2022 Formula One launch season has officially kicked off with Haas revealing its livery today, as well as giving us the first small glimpse of car designs created around the championship's new rules. The team released renders of its VF22 car, and while they didn't show Haas's definitive design for 2022, there's still plenty to discuss from what we saw, as well as hear what the team was saying heading into the new year. Now joining me to do that are Luke Smith and Jonathan Noble, so let's let's crack on. Luke, Haas's 2022 livery, let's come to that first, the colour schemes, everyone likes to get very, uh, very, very up and angsty about things if they're uh, not too different, or in fact, massively different. But for this one, it looks an awful lot like the design Haas ran last year. So, what do you make of it? Uh, yeah, it is pretty much the same as what the team ran last year when it, it made that big change uh, when uh, Uro Kali came on as a title sponsor. Nikita Mazepin's uh, obviously the, the main backer owned by his father. And uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's quite nice though. I do like it. It's a very slick, very clean design from Haas. Um, it's sort of a, a story of if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I think that fans, they are always sort of thinking like, oh, let's see something very dramatic, a very big change. Yeah, we saw that with Haas a couple of years ago when they had that uh, black and gold livery for, for one season, obviously. But uh, yeah, I think that maybe 
maybe sort of some angst about there not being a lot of change. It's kind of like, well, what do you expect? They've got uh, obviously sponsors and commitments and various things that teams uh, have to cater towards. So uh, I don't think we were ever going to see anything too dramatic that was uh, yeah, a massive diversion from what we saw last year for Haas. But uh, yeah, overall, I think it's a pretty good design. And uh, yeah, it's nice to just get a first taste of what this year's grid is going to look like. Indeed. John, what were your thoughts on Haas's new livery? Well, kind of new livery. Yeah, I, I mean, it's neat. It's very neat and tidy. Um, I think what was what was perhaps most surprising today is we've had such a, a big build-up to the new rules era. You know, 22, all new cars, new designs, ground effect, everything completely different. And actually, the car didn't look massively as, as different as perhaps we kind of been expecting. I think we were expecting something would look really d- different, very radical from even that concept car that F1 produced last year. So... It looked quite similar. It's only when you go into the, the, the fine details, actually, you notice the difference, like that the rear wing with the end plate not being there. Um, the front wing didn't look dramatically different because of the, the way the livery was panned out. But we've got to remember, this is still a render. It's still an early version of the design. They won't say how far different the car will be in Barcelona. But I think no teams are going to show their true colours just yet. Indeed. I think what's particularly interesting about this one is that, first of all, Haas, let's face it, they were the back marker team for the last couple of years, especially last year. So they're not necessarily going to be the team that's going to be introducing the massive aerodynamic uh, you know, uh, revol- evol- uh, revolutions and innovations and everything that's uh, that's going to be coming. But nevertheless, I think there was enough to show that it was, while it was still obviously massively based on you know, the, the, the demo car that F1 has been showing off the last few years, it kind of looked, let's face it, a bit uglier. I think you got your first, uh, you got your first insight on what uh, F1 engineers are sort of going to be doing with with the with the rules as, as they're written. And the fact is that although there are a lot of little bits on that nice demo car that make it look very attractive, probably not extremely good for airflow. So I think that's Hass is sort of showing us maybe things are going to be a little bit a uh, little bit not as athe- aesthetically pleasing. But yeah, indeed, look, that's my question to you. Do you think this is a sign of things to come, or as I said, is Hass a sort of outlier because of its position in the F1 pecking order? I think it's it's probably yeah a sign of where things are going. I think that it's yeah always a, a thing in F1 that we'll sort of see the initial mock-ups and it'll be a very uh, attractive looking car and then the teams will sort of look at the actual technical aspects behind it and go well actually let's do this and do that and it ends up something uh, looking quite different. Obviously uh, I think it was 2014 when we had the uh, uh, protruding noses let's call them. I think it was a very good example of uh, uh, um function over aesthetics let's say uh but uh yeah i think it's it's a sign of where things are going to go and uh simone resta and gunsteiner john and i uh, had a chat with them as part of a media call after the launch and um simone resta he was very open he said that look, although there are fewer technical freedoms compared to previous years there are still lots of areas you can sort of go down and and yeah some more than others obviously but i think we are going to see teams obviously exploiting what they can and it may be that yeah we end up with uh, yeah car designs that are not quite as nice as the the show cars that we saw from F1 last year but that is I think is fully to be expected I think the, the other key point to make about what we're going to be seeing with all the launches being uh, being revealed this uh, this launch season is that the really important bits of these new cars are on the floor. So underneath it, it's going to be the Venturi Tunnel is the return of ground effect. That's where the lap time is going to come. That's going to be where, you know, that's where teams could really get things wrong if they haven't got uh, how the fl- airflow is attaching and uh, or staying attached and detaching in the right places. If they haven't got that right, they could be in real trouble. But if they nail it, that's where things are going to be really, really important. I'm sure Adrian Newey and co are extremely excited about things like that. Um, but yeah, John, with that in mind do you think that perhaps even more than ever the teams are going to be restricting what they've actually done when it comes to these sort of livery launches and initial reveals before the really really important bits get finally shown in testing 
Absolutely. I think this this year more than any, because teams know that they're all coming at this with a complete clean sheet of paper. They've all got their own ideas. And I think when we get to Barcelona, there'll be you know many different versions of many interpretations of the rules. There'll be a, a big spread and it eventually it'll take maybe half a season for people to work out which was the best direction. But for now, I think if a team feels it's found a good area of performance, be it the you know the tunnels under the car, be it the rear wing, be it the front wing, um, be it any part of the aerodynamics, they're going to keep it secret. They'll either try to adjust the render so it's not the real thing. They will try to maybe make the render wrong so it points rival teams in the in the other direction. The key thing at the moment is teams don't want their rivals to know what they're really up to and what's really going on. Um, and I think there's also an awful lot of guesswork at the moment. People don't really know. We spoke to Simone Resta just now. He says we don't. We've got guesses on how fast the cars will be, but we don't really know. So don't know how it's going to interact the tyres. We've got guesses how well they'll follow other cars, but until they're out there in Barcelona and until they're on a car on a track with another car one second in front of them, we don't know if these rules have worked or haven't worked or how the racing is going to be or how anything. I think it's the most uncertainty we've had. Uh, as kind of formal on observers for many, many years. I think one of the key takeaways today is just how sort of sleek the car looks with that the lack of, you know, the, the incredibly complex barge boards and things like that, that everybody got used to in the last few years. But yeah, as you guys have said, you spoke to Steiner and Resta uh, just, uh, just a few minutes ago, let's face it, before we started recording this video. So let's chat about how they see things unfolding uh, for Haas this year. It's a big year, let's face it. Team owner Gene Haas pretty much held back on investment until Formula One's new technical and financial rules uh, were in place. You know, we know he's not very happy about the fact that you can't just come in and, and win uh, very quickly. It's very difficult, especially under the previous generation of rules in Formula One. Um, and so the team has changed accordingly. Its technical staff are now based at uh, Ferrari's Maranello factory. Um, lots of them, lots of Ferrari staff sent to work with Haas to help with Ferrari's re- uh, restructuring under the cost cap. So it's a big year ahead. The team wants a big jump up the order. And of course, Nikita Mazepin and Mick Schumacher, they're no longer rookies. So, Luke, how did you find Steiner and Rester today? What were the, what was the sort of sense coming out of the team about how they're feeling about 2022? I think there is a, a quiet optimism. I think that, yeah, Gunstein, he was very open about how difficult last year was. And it was a transition year. The team always said that 2022 and the new regulations, that was going to be the big focus. So they didn't want to bother too much with the, any development in the end on last year's car. So I think that does place a lot of pressure on what they are doing for this season. But yeah, Gunstein, he spoke about sort of previous years. He said sort of like 16, 17, 18, the team was producing pretty good cars, particularly as a new team. And he said that, he's got a similar kind of feeling like there was a similar sort of feel and optimism and he's seen all the work that Simone Resta and his team uh, as you say based at Maranello now have been doing on the car um, so I think that yeah I think the expectation is that they can get back up the order uh, start fighting for points again as you say the added experience now that Mick Schumacher and uh, Nikita Mazepin have that's going to be hugely important I think with Schumacher in particular we did see some good signs of progress uh, towards the end of last year so uh, it's about carrying that through but yeah I think the team they are I think they are optimistic. I think there's a good sort of vibe, I think, after how difficult last year was. But as John said, like it's just so uncertain where things are going to be because you might be well ahead of your own predictions. But then if everyone is even further ahead of that, then it's uh, yeah going to be very difficult to catch up. So I think it's, uh, yeah, quite optimism, but they're very cautious in that as well. Indeed. Well, John, let's go back to what is really different about Haas this year, especially the way the team is structured. Can you just run us through those changes and sort of how it's all going to work with the staff coming across from Ferrari, how, how Haas is essentially different to what, uh, how it was, especially when it joined the championship in uh, 2016? Yeah, the, the team's been quite clear from day one. Both Gunter Steiner and Gene Haas said that, 
you know to be competitive with the limited budget they've got is you take as much as you can from a, from a manufacturer from a works team and they did the deal with Ferrari so they took as much of the car as possible uh, on a on a simple customer basis but what's changed this year is that relationship with Ferrari it's much more embedded now they've got their own Maranello hub so they've got their own work base coming out of Ferrari and as part of the, the kind of impact of the cost cap where Ferrari was over the budget limit it's had to kind of get rid of staff on its own team and these have been seconded basically to Haas so Simone Resta for example a senior designer at Ferrari is now um, in charge of the, the kind of design of the car at Haas um, he's pushing on there a lot of staff have come across and are working on there so it's not quite a Ferrari it's not a Ferrari B team as such but uh, there's a very strong relationship there with Ferrari the links are much closer being based in Marinello um, I'm sure there's a bit of knowledge flowing through when the, the kind of the, the Haas staff members and Ferrari staff members meet in the restaurants in the evening you know there'll be little snippets of information going across um so i think it will give the team some confidence about the, the job they're doing it's no longer in complete isolation um using delara and their own factory in the uk being based in marinello will will push them forward i think indeed well a small point that I, a small side point i was just reminded of in a delightful email i received from an autosport uh, reader a little while ago second year in the championship mick schumacher obviously often does uh, a lot better so it'll be interesting to see uh, how he gets on nikita Mazbin as well as we said not a rookie but Getting to the final question now, and it's the same to both of you. Luke, I'm afraid we're coming to you first because that's just how we've ran the order of this video. Um, how well do you expect to do, uh, how well do you expect Haas to do in 2022? Can they go from being backmarker to having success in Formula 1? Uh, I think I think compared to last year, I mean, there's no there's no excuse really not to make a decent step forward. I think that, yeah, they, they really do have to be back to scoring regular points. And it's, uh, yeah, I think even, even sort of before last year, I mean, you look at sort of 2020, for example, that was a, a very difficult uh, year for the team and, and 2019 as well. They've sort of been through, I think, a, a rocky few years. And I think the fact that they put so much on 2022 and the new regulations, I think that really, yeah, it's going to be probably a big make or break moment for, for the team. I mean, if it, if it falls flat, I mean, Gene Haas might, he sort of think, well, look, what am I doing if we can't even succeed under these new rules um but yeah i think there is there, there's decent optimism i think that we're not going to see them sort of vaulting towards uh maybe sort of the top of the midfield or anything like that but uh yeah i think i'd be i'd be hopeful they could yeah sort of get back towards yeah nicking the odd point here and there i think they're perhaps going to be sort of like mid to lower midfield order um but yeah i think yeah we're definitely going to see i think a decent step forward uh, compared to what we saw last year Great. And John, what are your predictions for Haas in 2022? Yeah, so the new rules, you know, this package of rules that Liberty have introduced to try to level the playing field with the, the kind of restricted aerodynamic testing, the cost cap, um, cars that are closer, it's all aimed to, to make things equal and allow teams like Haas to have their day in the sun and get podiums and get wins. But I think it's too much to go from a team that was at the back last year to be pushing at the front of the midfield. But I think with the increased imp- impetus from Ferrari, people who've worked at Ferrari, um, the regulations, the fact they've spent so long developing this car, I think they should be in that midfield pack and fighting for points um, this year. They've got Schumacher and Mazepin have had their rookie season. So I think it, it shouldn't be as bad a season as last year, but it's how high up that midfield is too difficult to guess right now. Because I think you know the teams know as little as we do about where this competitive order is going to shake out. Indeed. Well, great. Thanks to you both for chatting today. Uh, Make sure everybody you stick around. We'll be taking you through many more videos in the coming days and weeks of all the car launches from the 2022 Formula One season. 
Well, that's our podcast for today, which, as you may have picked up on listening through, we also recorded as a video, so check that out on our social media channels. Thanks to John and Luke for coming on, and before you go, here's what you can see right now on autosport.com+. Plus. As my feature, taking a detailed look at the success of Ferrari's F1 driver lineup and why the team thinks the combination of Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz Jr. gives it a competitive edge in 2022, plus Lewis Duncan's guide to the 2022 MotoGP preseason and Jake Boxall legs reports from the first races of the new Formula E season in Saudi Arabia. New Autosport Plus subscribers who sign up today can use the promo code PODCAST during checkout to save 50% off their first payment. Go to autosport.com slash plus and click sign in at the top of the page, then use the promo code PODCAST for that 50% discount. Thanks for listening today. We'll be back soon. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. The world is waiting, waiting for new thinking, for bold ideas that embrace a globally connected community, working together to create a better future for all. And that future, it can be found here at UC Riverside. Bold hearts, brilliant minds. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.